0: In 1973, a group of Indigenous artists formed a collective. The press called them the Indian Group of Seven. Their goal? To raise the profile of Indigenous art.
1: That was all or nothing. We're representing all our people.
0: And create a permanent space and galleries for Indigenous artists in Canada and around the world.
1: That was really a rock star moment for me.
0: I'm Soleil Lunier, and this is Among Equals, the history and legacy of the Professional Native Indian Artists, Inc. Listen wherever podcasts are heard. Art Slice is a different dive into art history. We goof around, we curse, you learn from it, but don't expect a typical lecture. You're welcome. (laughs) He... Artslice LDCTC LLC presents Injectable Glow. Maximize
2: your B scene. Create brand awareness. Consume 600% of consumer vision.
0: Turn no into yes.
2: Melt adjacent competitor products.
0: Never lose a business card again.
2: It's simple. For- Playful. Crisp. Sophisticated. Permanent. Enhance your brand's identity.
0: With Artslice LDCTC LLC, Injectable Glow.
2: Maximize your BC. The Oh, fuck. Every, every episode. stuff. So welcome, listeners, to the Art Slice Museum, Laboratories Division of Color Theory and Color Studies.
0: Art Slice Museum, LDCTC. I'm Russell Shoemaker. I'm Stephanie Duenas. Listeners, if you're just joining us for the first time, this is not your typical Art Slice episode, so if you're looking for a full serving of art history, check out our latest episode on Hilma Ofklint's epic series, The Swan, which is actually a follow-up to episode 14, which... <laughs> Uh, came out last year. Yeah. Um. So episode 14 and then 22 yeah. for the full serving. So
2: if you're counting at home, for first episode 14, then <laughs> 22, unless you want to listen to this one first. Anyway, our Ponchimons <laughs> have been hard at work compiling data from your different experiences with colors listeners, so we can try to better understand how us humans categorize color, how we perceive color, how colors exist, how they behave, how they impact us.
0: Here in the Art Slice Museum LDCTC, we're going to touch on the history of color theory, talk about the history of the pigments behind the paint,
2: then get into ours, and most importantly, your associations with those colors, listeners, as individuals, as culture, as memory, because if you're an artist, an art
0: admirer, a designer, if you maintain aging boardwalk attractions, yes, color impacts you in ways that are obvious and also not so obvious. So today, listeners, we're piercing our eyes with Ouch. Ouch. More specifically, because because we have to narrow it down a bit fluorescent yellow and we thought we'd get into this particular color because we are both old older ass <laughs> Whereas as millennials. And thus, we are children of the 1990s, and we grew up basically surrounded by fluorescent colors.
2: Trashy consumer culture <laughs> transcendence. I love it. I'm here for it, Stephanie. And listener Dionisio listed off some fluorescent associations that I think personify this color pretty accurately. Bright, alert, caution, hazard, radioactive, lemons, <laughs> caustic,
0: highlighters. At Ezreal's Art said glow sticks, raves, punk, rock police tape detention light bulbs (laughs) late nights nuclear waste Mm. and as she's lively simply said slime (laughs) and listeners at the end of surveys we often ask you how you're vibing with the color and usually y'all end up going one way or the other but on fluorescence Okay, well, you know what? First, let's give our baseline to the listeners so you know where we stand. So they know our biases, Stephanie? know that uh, Big DG
2: tucks us in at night, (laughs) gives us a little (laughs) fluorescent kiss on the forehead.
0: (laughs) Yes. I'm like a 10-10 on fluorescence, and it took me a while to understand them, but now I'm all about them Mm. in the right context.
2: I'm like a hard 10 out of 10, okay? Okay. (laughs) But like listener and patron Amanda, thank you, Amanda, for being a patron pointed out fluorescent colors are often meant to influence you usually to buy something yeah (laughs) so i understand the distrust they're powerful and they are often used manipulatively
0: right which i would say most of you were generally okay ish with fluorescence only a few of you were probably 10 out of 10s like Mm. us yeah even loving when they diverge into cheesy (laughs) glowiness (laughs) However, to counter our 10 out of 10, just so you know that we are not skewing colors in our favor, listener Emily Ann has this to say. Fluorescent yellow, quote, reminds me of drawing with colored pencils and crayons when I was a kid. Aw. I would grab it thinking it was yellow and get angry after I realized it was the puke color. (laughs) Wait, what?
1: okay.
0: (laughs) The puke color. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, You had to drink a lot of Mountain Dew to have, like, that sort of puke (laughs) color. All right, go on, go on.
0: I would literally break the crayon so I wouldn't use it (laughs) and accidentally ruin my masterpieces. (laughs) I still hate it. Oh, my God. It's not green. It's not yellow. It's too bright and makes me uncomfortable. Fair, fair. This undignified pigment along with fluorescent orange.
2: (laughs) Undignified (laughs) pigments.
0: Throw it under the bus for some reason, creates rage <laughs> down into the depths of my soul. Its only purpose is to be used on construction sites and reflective vests, oh, end quote. God. <laughs> Ouch. Ouchies. Holy, yeah, All know. right. One out of 10, I guess. Negative. Negative out of 10. <laughs> Negative <laughs> so, 10 out of 10. Wow. Thank you for sending that in. But to her defense, I can totally relate to grabbing the wrong crayon and ruining your masterpiece. Okay. It, it sucks because you can't erase it. You can't paint over it. <laughs> You mess it yeah. up, it's over.
2: All right, but fair. Like I would so much rather an answer be very negative and elicit a response because that means you're really paying attention to that color. I will take strong associations over milk toast associations any day of the week.
0: Nono's gusta, milk no, no
2: gusto milk toast. No, no gusto milk toast. Right. <laughs> However. Emily Ann, you may be contacted by the Dayglow Corporation re Retreat. Um, <laughs> you see uh, an unmarked van? Be careful, okay? Uh, but we have no affiliation with them. All right. As always, you can find all the images on our website at artslicepod.com. You can find some of the images on our Instagram page, I guess, at artslicepod. And if you're feeling frisky, you can follow us <laughs> on Tumblr, on TikTok, on Twitter, all at artslicepod.
0: Chips! Chips!
2: Oh my God, I just, Stephanie, I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> chips, the, the overhead projector. Okay, Stephanie, did you see he has a, Chips has like a yeah. 70s era.
0: Motioning to the hair.
2: Yeah, he's got Let's like see. the John Berger cut now. I love it. Okay, <laughs> it's time for that hot new segment on Art Slice, the one the listeners have all been waiting for called How We Perceive Color Chemically. Oh God. Yeah, that's bright. But it's just <laughs> the transcendent fluorescing of fluorescent pigment, okay? Which harnesses the power of the unseen to us, to us. Right, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. Stephanie, you know how I like to brag about my Olive Glow Whenever I'm out, like, mowing the yard for more than 20 minutes, okay? (laughs) Okay. And then, like, clockwork, I'm usually in pain, looking pretty pink. Yeah, right. Pretty pink, yeah. And you are just, like, cool and golden and
0: beautiful. Wow, I don't know about
2: that. Well, that's because your body just activates the dormant melanin to protect yourself from ultraviolet light. And I don't have that within me. I just have to fend for myself, okay? Is that because you're white? It is. Okay. Ultraviolet light is just one of a range of wavelengths that we come across all the time, but do not see or hear or feel until the sunburn damage has been and done until you're pink and pasty like me because our eyeballs have only bothered to evolve retinas for what is called, because we named it, the visible light spectrum. There is a world of colors we do not see that fall outside of that visible light spectrum. So Bees and birds have the visible light plus package because they can see ultraviolet light. Mantis shrimp, however, which is neither a shrimp nor a mantis. Our little brains would melt if we could see the briny sea in the way that a mantis shrimp sees it. Okay, They also see infrared and ultraviolet light but they it's all. i don't even it's kind of like a satellite vision like things are just blipping i they, look they yeah. see too much i don't
0: even know it's insane and intense but thankfully
2: we get a little taste of that brine sans brain melt within mm. fluorescent pigment
0: art slice does not condone the tasting of delicious briny pigments unless it's in like a tide pod like package no, no. Okay. no no. Beep. Which
2: is uniquely adept at absorbing that very bright but invisible to us UV light. Okay, ultraviolet light. Right. And melding it with colors our brain can recognize before radiating them back to us within the visible light spectrum. Now, as an extraordinarily bright photophysics. <laughs> physics. <laughs> Phys- physics, photo, physics, fluorescence. That's so hard to say. You can think of these colors as little energy holding tanks doing double duty by saving up energy from both the visible spectrum and the ultraviolet spectrum, the Dang. UV spectrum, okay? So when we see them, part of what we are seeing is actually just that heavy load of energy that they're carrying. Hmm. That's why they appear 200 to 300% brighter than normal, old, boring colors. That's <laughs> why some of our listeners were angry at this color. Sometimes they may. <laughs> Make our eyes writhe around just a little bit because they're so bright.
0: My eyes! Ah. <laughs>
2: Sorry. (laughs) This isn't any different than what a normal color does, but the electrons in fluorescence just have that extra flash of energy. This is why they are used in the way they are used for sale signs, warning signs. The only analogy I can think of is that it's kind of like a fight or flight response. Your eye just goes to it instinctually. Your brain can't help but let these colors grab your attention.
0: So let's get into the history of fluorescent pigments. It all begins in 1931 during the Great Depression. I'm sorry,
2: is Steve Paint Tuba part of this? No.
0: Okay. No, Steve Paint Tuba is nowhere in sight. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: (laughs) I don't like that, but okay.
0: Our story begins with two young brothers, Bob and Joe Switzer, moving all the way from small town Bromberg, Montana. Montana
2: is not where I thought you were going with that. Okay.
0: (laughs) To Berkeley, California, Ah, with their parents to help them open a pharmacy.
2: Okay. Like a pharmacy with. With an F, you know, no. it has a little medic sign that's green and leafy. You get, <laughs> no. you get it because it, it's weed.
0: No, okay. but listen, <laughs> it's, the, it's the middle of the Great Depression.
2: Okay, so a little weed would have helped or, or made things worse. I,
0: it depends, right? Okay. So, Bob and Joe Switzer had quite different interests. The youngest brother, Joe, was interested in everything magic and performance, not like witchy magic mm. or anything like that. This is more like Job from Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bobbert, the eldest, Maybe took himself a little too seriously. He's the Michael. Maybe. Yeah. He had earned a scholarship to study medicine at the University of California. Okay. His career goals were set, but maybe he was a little salty also Mm. because (laughs) even though he was pre-med, his parents still needed his help earning some extra income because it was, again, the Great Depression. Mm. So, big brain Bobbert gets a G-O-B. Huh? (laughs) I messed that up. Beep. So big brain Bobbert gets a job doing quality control at a Heinz tomato processing facility. Okay. And Joe gets to stay home and pull handkerchiefs out of, out of a what? secret place. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Not any orifices. So you could say that Bob was seeing red because of the tomatoes. Oh, okay. Oh, but okay. also because he's salty. Yeah, and, okay, okay, okay. 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 It's not yeah. funny. Yeah. No, 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 it's good. It. Okay. No. <laughs> So Bob's quality control job was a blessing right it was extra income for the family totally safe like you know you're just collecting samples like how how dangerous can that be right. to someone who's never who's never done that before Yes yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, Stephanie, salmonella. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, it's on, yeah. It's on all sorts of fruits and vegetables. So you gotta be careful. It is. Yeah, it can make you paralyzed. Oh, when, when the salmon's travel north and they jump over uh-huh. the, the fields of lettuce and spinach, <laughs> vegetables are dangerous. Well, he's
0: not like taste testing it. Well, I don't know. It can like, cross <laughs> contaminate.
2: I mean, yeah, I you know. Anyway, go You're on. You're right. You yeah. never know. I'm just saying.
0: Also, I've death never. Death is done around that.
2: every corner. Live your lives. Be free. Yeah. Keep on rocking in a free world.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's
2: a bad time to say. <laughs> all <it>. right. Um.
0: <laughs> okay, but actually, oh no, oh no. No, oh, then one day there was an accident at the Heinz factory. Major
2: salmonella breakout. No. Okay.
0: Accident occurs. He ends up with a fractured skull and some brain damage. Okay. Oh. We got memory loss, a severed optic nerve. Okay. Believe it or not, this did not kill Bob. Okay. okay. But he was devastated. Okay. Right. He could just kiss his medical career goodbye with these injuries. Right. All right. And as part of the recovery process, doctors are like, hey, you should probably like hang out in dark rooms okay. or low light situations. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, rest those optic nerves. Okay.
0: Yeah, and now you know, younger brother Joe maybe is feeling a little guilty, so he goes in there to visit him and wants to entertain him with his magic tricks. Because after all, now he has an audience to practice on. <laughs> he's
2: a captive audience. I guess. Okay. guess. like I just imagine his whole face kind of bandaged.
0: Oh my that, god! They
2: cut out like a little square for his one good eye, and a, of course, a little hole for like a, <laughs> a straw. straw. Yeah. Okay. But it's like it's like that that terrified eye. It's like.
0: <laughs> it's mostly white Yeah. <laughs> wait what was that noise you just
2: made? <laughs> because he can't he doesn't want he doesn't want to watch magic like most people in the world he doesn't want to <laughs> watch magic
0: all right so this is when bob and joe realized that they had a shared interest in fluorescence and as i say this i'm like maybe bob was just nodding along
2: <laughs> are he's shaking he his never... head no but he's got that neck brace thing on and he can't turn it that way
0: okay All right. Now, during this time in the 1930s, the only way you could see natural fluorescence, whether it was in a rock found in nature or a Renaissance painting in a museum, was through a UV light, Mm. a.k.a. a black light. So black lights had just been invented and Joe probably got his hands on one because magic, you know, and they begin testing things to see if they fluoresce under a black light. And I know, I know, Mm. I know what you're Mm. thinking, you dirty birds mm-hmm. and I can say that because I I'm, I'm a dirty yep. bird and I can neither confirm nor deny what it is that you're thinking.
2: Well, Stephanie, you can't hide your sin from black lights, okay? <laughs> black lights emit UV light yeah. that we normally wouldn't be able to see, but through the magic of science, science. that we, Stephanie and Russell, do not understand. Not all
0: the time. <laughs>
2: they appear purple to our eyes, and that's because it's the closest color to where the UV light spectrum begins.
0: So, in the dark, with no other light except for UV, fluorescent objects will suddenly present themselves to you. The <laughs> Fluorescent parts will glow. Yeah. Eventually, they decide to test the pharmaceuticals that they had access to through their family's pharmacy, <laughs> and they found several actually that fluoresced under UV light. A lot of those ointments—they're just they
2: glow in the back of the pharmacy, grinding up some poor guy's <laughs> nitrate medicine.
0: No. All right. So Bob and Job begin experimenting. Okay. okay. They're mixing different combinations of fluorescent materials, paints, and resins to add some never-before-seen pizzazz to Job's amateur magic shows. Okay. So people loved Job's magic show. They were like. Hey, maybe we can make some dinero off of this mm. and they start to dip their toes into merchandising right. where they would project UV light onto displays that they had coated with their fluorescent that's concoctions. Yeah, that's Who's a dirty bird now? All right, so eventually they moved on to movie posters, but by the 1940s, Bob and Job started to see the limitations of relying so heavily on black lights. All right, so how can they make fluorescence fluoresce in the daytime without a black light? That's that's the question. Yes. Yeah. One day, Bob and Job stumbled upon a method to make daylight fluorescent pigments when they dipped silk fabric into a combo of alcohol and fluorescent dye. Okay. I think they were working on making Job a fluorescent silk kerchief for his magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, bingo, baby. <laughs> That's bright.
2: Ouchies. It glows. My
0: papers. <laughs> so now they can make materials glow in broad daylight (laughs) no black lights required okay so bob and Job llc because they're an llc now they name their company day glow no w at the end and these pigments were known as day glow fluorescence and listeners we promise i hope it's obvious we were not paid (laughs) by day glow yeah it will (laughs) be
2: if uh yeah we might be sued by them later though season desist yeah you would know about
0: that I would. Okay. So just like when Magenta was invented, listeners, Daiglo's first customers were the military. It's the middle of World War II, and the U.S. military was lining up to get their hands on some of that DG, okay? For their aircrafts and troops, both paint and fabric, basically to avoid friendly but, Yeah, fire. but also to scare
2: away the German army because they're from the Black Forest with, <laughs> with the dark chocolate. No. Hanzel? oh no, Hansel, Yes, They have harnessed the witch-like power of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> the brightness of gum of dewy gumdrops. <laughs> Quickly, back in the van, puts on the Einstein standard about and your Bauten playlist.
0: <laughs> Sorry, on. okay. Um, so all of this eventually led to high-vis safety uniforms and equipment that we are all familiar with: mm. construction gear, safety vests, crossing signs, warning signs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera after daglo warfare in 1950 <laughs> they saw the troops yeah. in their high vis safety vests and thought hey what, hey what what would that look like on a butt
2: right? <laughs> well that what would that high vis safety vest look like as a underwear garment
0: on some buttocks. well okay so daglo made their day boo
2: b- B-U. B-U. they butt B-U. they butt you B-U. <laughs>
0: It's a fashion with fluorescent yarn, first in new plaids, mm, which the company described as spun light okay. that literally blaze with the luminous <laughs> intensity of a highland sunrise. Okay. All right. I, I want to wear a sunrise, a Scottish sunrise. You want to wear a Scottish sunrise? Yeah. Okay. Because that's where the highlands are, right? Yeah. That's not where plaid comes from. <laughs>
2: that sounds like some sort of mystic cult thing. Like you go out naked into
0: the highlands. Okay. Well, and now like... I, now you ruined it. Now I okay. don't want to wear a sunset on my all right. Okay, but then there was also <laughs> sexy lingerie. Okay, yeah. Okay. It's going to burn your bum, isn't it? So you're right, yeah. it did not take off. <laughs> okay. But the 1960s weren't that far away, and the counterculture would use the shit out of day glow fluorescent inks. However, hippies and posters and militaries be damned, Tide <laughs> Tide Detergent okay. was one of the first to adapt to using fluorescent of course, packaging. Of course. And
2: as many of you have pointed out, what happens in the supermarket does not escape one Andy Warhol. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Lurking, always lurking in the grocery store aisles. Sometimes, you know, you maybe move a uh, cereal box and you see his little glasses (laughs) peeking
0: from behind. (laughs)
2: Sometimes you're walking by uh, a display case of baked beans and you give it a second look. Like, did I just see a white furry tuft of hair? (laughs) Okay. He was the first to use Dayglo in a, quote, fine art piece with his iconic 1962 Maryland diptych and soon
0: after his flowers composition. Right. And then the Beatles would soon after... Sear the eyes of 2.5 million people with their Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band cover, having it printed with Day Glow Ink, solidifying Day place in history Ooh. in pop culture forever. And by the 1980s, this brightness had infiltrated globally. You could find it everywhere. As listener and patron Ben C, thank you, Ben, pointed out the legendary Manchester Club hacienda with its day glow hazard stripes and fluorescent lighting, looking like a factory turned yep. club. Oh, well, it's
2: factory records, so yeah. It checks out. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, where back in the day, you could catch bands like New Order or Madonna on the God, right day. Madonna haunts us. Okay.
2: Ben, uh, <laughs> so, I love seeing this on here, though, and I'm very sorry for all my horrible British accents. <laughs> but A certain ratio is like an all-time favorite band of mine, so love seeing that here.
0: This fluorescent craze carried into the 90s, and it was a staple of raves. Yeah, I
2: love 1990s rave posters. You love posters. Beautiful. Yeah, I do. I really do.
0: <laughs> and eventually you see fluorescent colors in celebrity hair like Gwen Stefani's and Lil' Kim's. Lil'
2: Kim, yes. Lil' Kim. No, she's little not Lil' Kim. Little.
0: Lil' Kim. And more <laughs> and more than a few of you noticed, correctly, that these late 90s, early aughts trends are creeping back up full, on us They're again. haunting us, Stephanie. They are. They're full on yeah. haunting us.
2: Actually, though, we're not done with the history segment, Stephanie, because look oh. at this. Glow is slowly dying. The Look here. Look at this. Look at this. Look at those Dayglow pigments. Once bright eye crossing hues. They're mellowing. (laughs) Around the time Andy Warhol was working with Dayglow, so many other artists were also picking up pigments and dyes to experiment with. And just like that fugitive color we talked about in the last LDCTC episode, what was that guy's name? With the milky, pale people that looked like they're about to fall over. Oh my God. The royalties. What was his name?
0: Oh, Joshua Reynolds. Yeah,
2: okay, so we are now (laughs) starting to see certain hues of fluorescent paint lose their punch, rendering them just normal, okay? (gasps) A lot of pigments do this over time, like we said with Joshua Reynolds. Depending on how much light they are exposed to, the quality and chemical compounds of the material used... Sometimes this is mitigated by art conservators who preserve and even touch up works so that they stay close to their original appearance. And if a work is just beyond repair or the conservators do a total botch job, hopefully you'll at least have a photograph from the glory days. But fluorescent paint is unique in that, first of all, no camera is going to capture that extra spectral slap. OK, <laughs> slap, don't slap in photographs. <laughs> okay. And then that the proprietary formulas behind Day Glow's paint is kept under under the glow pink lock and key, right? And let's think about this for a second. In the grand scheme of things, this is a really new type of paint. Yeah. And conservators don't have the centuries of trial and error to fall back on like they would with your typical oil or bronze. And while they might be happy to sell them the colors of 60 years ago, it's unlikely that the formula is going to be 100% the same formula. Right. And you can't just paint over old paint with new paint anyway, especially with a paint as complex as fluorescent. Mm-hmm. Since this is a particularly unique pigment, I would argue that Dayglow is now part of history Mm -hmm. and history is just, it's bigger than one company. So if there is no law requiring them to work with these conservators, they should feel at the very least morally obligated to do so. Seriously? And remember, artists use Dayglow specifically for its ability to make your eyes twitch, okay? (laughs) So the intent of their work is slowly being lost with time.
0: Yeah, that's really sad. And too bad. Too bad, too sad. Let's get into the characteristics of fluorescent yellow. Generally speaking, fluorescent yellow is yellow. As listener Rotem summed up our thoughts nicely with their descriptor, neon lemon.
2: I also think of lemon, a bright, ever so slightly leaning towards green, yellow, Mm. almost a chartreuse, uh, similar to the aptly named uh, neon pothos plant. Your favorite. One of my faves, yeah.
0: And we definitely saw that green skew in your answers, listeners, in some of the most common associations like safety gear, highlighters, and tennis balls. Many of these are even further on their pathway towards (laughs)
2: green. And we should say here, the word neon and fluorescent are often used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. In fact, we use them interchangeably all the time, but they are technically different due to their chemical makeup.
0: Now, the question of whether this is a warm or cool color, just like with magenta, is kind of up for debate.
2: Yellow, typically always a warm, Mm -hmm. but because of that extra slap and its (laughs) proclivity to lean towards green, I tend to think of this color as having like a cool electric warmth, if that makes any sense at all.
0: Yes, same. A sunny day with a cool breeze, maybe a little lightning. A little
2: lightning with no clouds? Okay, I like that. Yeah. 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 It can go either way, and depending on which hue you are looking at. Huey Lewis. Okay.
0: Now, for synthetic versus organic, this is about as synthetic as a color can come. It's Mm. lab-born and raised, and (laughs) rightfully, we perceive this as synthetic. However, a lot
2: of you listeners pointed out that there are natural colors that also have a glow. They just don't have that extra glowy slap, right? (laughs) Uh, But they are still super for eye catching.
0: Listener and patron St. Henry, thank you your saintliness. <laughs> mentioned turmeric. Yeah. And turmeric contains a property curcumin that not only glows in UV light but also stains your Tupperware.
2: And much like turmeric fluorescent pigments pack a lasting punch. Stephanie, it's our first story time. We asked you listeners to all do a story if you wanted to or a poem about fluorescent yellow. So, here we go. Here's the first one.
0: Okay. This one is courtesy of at Bebop's Bubble Bath. Thank you <laughs> bops. And look, I realize in the questionnaire we
2: didn't say that the story needed to be a true story, <laughs> but I am really hoping this is a true story because I love it so much.
0: Quote, my mom used to tell me the story of my grandfather being so cheap that he refused to <laughs> spend money on paint. He was so cheap that one day he convinced yes. the road construction yes. workers down the yes. street to give him their leftover traffic this paint. This
2: needs to be a novel. Okay, I need to know how he approached them, <laughs> how he won their confidence, okay. how he convinced them, what kind of they had. What did he chat about? Was like, oh, what kind of lunch are you having today? Oh, that looks good. How about I get that fluorescent paint in there? I'll take it. We have a lot of questions. Yeah, but
0: I'm going to continue. Okay. So yes, fluorescent yellow road paint yes. for the living yes. room. Yes. Hallway.
2: Yes. Kitchen. Yes. <laughs> this is the greatest generation, Stephanie. Yeah. This is the greatest generate. This is why the bo- so many. Not all boomers like not all boomers, of course, but a lot of boomers are fucked up because okay. they had to live in the shadows <laughs> of these giants that will just go to speak to people and convince them to give them their fluorescent paint. Okay. So he was
0: so proud of the deal he got free, right? Until after a week, he realized how bright fluorescent yellow really was.
2: (laughs) Well, I guess if he waits like 60-ish years, it'll start to lose its vibrancy.
0: (laughs) Maybe. So just hang in there. Maybe. For the first few weeks, he tried diluting it with white, which ended up not working so well in his favor either.
2: (laughs) Bebops, I I relate to your granddaddy so hard. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you did so hard. You didn't even know yeah. why I was so just like, I, I reminded this man. you. You were like, You were yeah, you were just so feeling the story. Yeah. I'm like, Wait, that was you, Russell. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. This-
2: <laughs> I didn't remember this, but okay, so I had all this leftover printer ink, okay, that wouldn't work with my new printer. I was not home. So I took the yellow <laughs> And like I've been painting for like you know 10 years at this point. So I'm thinking like I can handle this. I mixed like a teaspoon of the yellow paint in with like not a gallon, maybe like a half gallon of white. I knew it was gonna be strong. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be a strong color, but I just wanted a yellow door. That's all I wanted. Great plan. Okay. And look, you wanted the yellow door too. Don't blame I it did. all. Okay, yeah, exactly.
0: But not the <laughs> I don't know. I questioned the way we did it.
2: So that shit was so powerful. The door, it like soaked into the cheap MDF door. <laughs>
0: you tattooed the door. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I realized I also hated the color of this door now. So I'm like, gonna paint over it, right?
0: Yeah, no big deal.
2: So layer after layer after layer after layer of, <laughs> of primer and sealer paint, but it would still look just as strong as it did before. It it's like it stronger. the. Yeah, it's like the fresh paint reinvigorated <laughs> the pigments. And the whole time I'm just thinking to myself, God damn, I fucked up. But I, you like, would not. I fucked up, but I not. don't wanna admit this. So eventually I had to paint the door black. Uh, but it, it you know it's been 2 years and it's still it's like a peachy black mm-hmm. now so the yellow still it, it remains basically so, it's, still, it's still there in all of this
0: <laughs> this is all to say beware of your pigments folks there are some powerful ones out there you learned your lesson it did and speaking of, Golden Acrylic Paint famously makes a variety of different fluorescent paints, and Gapka makes oil versions. And both, straight out of the tube, tend to have varying degrees of translucency.
2: And if you don't want that translucency, an all time favorite paint of mine are the flat enamel versions used for painting signs back in the day. Mm-hmm. So it dries quick, smooth, opaque. However, <laughs> that's basically all it does, right? It only does the one thing, and it does that one thing really well. <laughs> the
0: straight-up glow version of this color is most likely Saturn Yellow. The Pantone version is Safety Yellow. And the Pantone version actually looks pretty decent, unlike their magentas and viridian. Yeah. Quotes, air yeah. quotes.
2: <laughs> Digitally speaking. Digital. You can't really recreate that UV energy loaded glow. So you have to use tricks of the eye instead, such as contrasting colors around your, quote, neon. Mm. Maybe think some ambient grays to mm, <laughs> so make it. it appear a little bit brighter, right?
0: There are painters who actually also do this. And I couldn't help but think of a Dana Shutt's work that I saw as an art student. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yes, back in 2017, Dana, a white woman. Really
2: stepped really in Oh, it.
0: yes. Um, <laughs> she made a painting based on a historical historic and horrific racially motivated murder of a young black boy as non-black allies we see that she wanted to use her platform for good but it wasn't well thought out yeah it was a big uh, big learning moment but anyway back to this totally different unrelated work <laughs> I looked at it first listeners I was entranced by the colors from across the room super pigmented reds pinks purples greens and of course yellows but I soon realized this was not a painting about fun but instead <laughs> a kid's picnic gone horribly wrong. These kids are slicing away at another figure on this checkered picnic table. And the figure on the table looks betrayed. It's it's a disturbing work, mm. but she puts these seemingly contrary colors together to make the work punch you even harder. Not slap, punch. Um, <laughs> but the way that she works wet on wet softens the blow. It's like a children's book palette, in a way. Yes.
2: The way she's using bright, contrasting colors makes it look like the table is a bright, chemical yellow, but it's dampened by the sunlight. Yeah. It's really beautiful. So it's outside and you think like nothing could ever go wrong outside, right? And there are bits of fluorescent colors hidden within the work. So that triggers our instinct to keep looking at it. Yes. And she's an incredible painter. She's,
0: she's a great painter. And the name of the work is actually surgery. So I wasn't far off. Like we always say, it pays not to read the plaque first.
2: Our pantry have handed us a clipboard filled with your answers, listeners. Let's get into it.
0: Question number one. What are your immediate thoughts when you look at fluorescent yellow? Russell, why don't you lead okay. us off this time?
2: Uh, fluoresophilia. Okay. For, fluoresophilia. Fluoresophilia. Yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> I think I've always had a bit of it. Okay. I had a stockpile of fluorescent toys, t-shirts, really anything I found at garage sales as a kiddo. We went to a lot of garage sales. Same. I don't think it really mattered what it was, but if it was like, quote, neon, then I was totally down. Ah, you're one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I picked up a fluorescent (laughs) green monster truck t-shirt. Had no interest in trucks, normal or monster. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I found these muscle troll action figures. Also didn't like the trolls. With bright mohawks. (laughs) Basically anything, right? It was all over the place in the 90s. (laughs) <laughs> so then in college I thought I was edgy, Stephanie. Oh god. You know I like know. you do. So I wore thrifted safety shirts with white skinny jeans.
0: <laughs> you were fluorescent Pops with white Yeah, bottoms. so you know,
2: okay. you know those like safety t-shirts with like the reflective yeah. material yeah. and then the fluorescent dyes, basically the color we're talking about now. Eyesore. You yeah. were an
0: eyesore. Yeah, with
2: uh, <laughs> dirty white skinny jeans. Dirty. With paint splattered all over them, probably ripped. Okay. They weren't good jeans. Cheap jeans. So they had, like holes in the crotch. Anyway. Uh, I painted- oh, God. <laughs> and he, like through art school, I painted on fluorescent plexiglass. I worked with neon installations. I would spray paint things. I would dye resins. None of it turned out well. <laughs> It just didn't have that feeling I wanted to convey, but I knew I wanted to use that material. Okay. And at person actually mentioned fireflies, which right on board with you. One night, I remember taking a break from studio and I had this moment where I was all alone. That's the best time to really think because you're not being distracted. And I saw all these fireflies, something that you see often, light up at dusk. And that just solved the problem for me. So to this day, I've gotten a lot better about using it. I still love fluorescent material. But mm. I keep them in check.
0: <laughs> okay. I would
2: say, much like the fireflies. Just little flashes. What about you?
0: Oh, I like that. I first really started noticing glowing safety construction equipment actually not that long ago as we were driving through the desert. I remember this, yeah. There was just something so magical about that neon zest in a in a desert landscape. Totally of, like, agree. Earth tones that just like, oh, I don't know. It's just it just spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And this came during a much needed break. I was working retail <laughs> before the pandemic. And then immediately after the quarantine was lifted, let's just say it was extremely stressful to go Mm. to work every day and deal with belligerent anti-maskers, trying to prove a point, just trying to do my job. So on this road trip, there was a lot of construction and I would see fluorescent orange cones netting highway paint, signs, and it was really cool to see it transform throughout the day and night, rain or shine. It was just the
2: perfect time to see it because there weren't a lot of people out on the road. It was yes,
0: Kind of like you and the Fireflies, actually. Yeah. I've also had a neon Ugh. orange beanie for years that Russell thinks he's stole. Here we go again,
2: listeners. Um,
0: He's claimed it as his own. I bought that beanie. No, you didn't. I
2: purchased that beanie. I literally have receipts. Maybe you bought the same beanie as me and I thought it was mine. No. It was my beanie. No. All right. You just you go away on a trip, yeah. and then I see you on Instagram wearing Stretch it out with my big-ass
0: head. <laughs> Look, I can't wear this beanie anymore. You stretched it out. And I threw it at you. <laughs> so rude. So anyway, I let him wear it now, and when I don't mind a loose um, beanie on my head, I will
2: <laughs> wear it. We're gonna, okay, we're going to find two beanies one day, and one's going to be a little bit faded. We're not. Cause it, yeah, no, we are. No, we're not. Whatever.
0: You're going to buy one and, and, and then, like, fib it, fake it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I let Russell think you stole it, but I've slowly noticed fluorescent accessories creeping into my wardrobe. I mean, I consciously do it. It's just been happening. Let's be honest. Crunchies, hair clips, nail polish. It's definitely grown on me.
2: So listeners, your answers for the questions can really be split into two categories. One is like the eye-catching and the experiential mm-hmm. found within, often within consumer goods or services. As to be expected, we live in America. America. <laughs> Things that fluorescent paint was literally made for from probably Dayglow, right? And the other is like the surprise moment of something that is maybe technically not fluorescent, but ultra bright and quote natural. (laughs) Right. And that contrast is really clear within Jessica and St.
0: Henry's answers. Jessica at Eureka underscore coffee said, Sexy, seductive, toxicity, retrowave, <laughs> translucent plastic jewelry from the 80s and 90s, long nails, planetariums, arcades, black lights, laser tag, just all over being young.
2: Compared to St. Henry, who mentioned bright, warm, sour, sunflowers, mm. dandelions, lemons, candy, Juice and uh, pigment festivals. Mm, yeah, and Hunter at the world of Hunter Lewis also had two of my favorite answers. I think ever quote aggressive happiness mm-hmm. and toxic pee. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess being too aggressive with your happiness, with that fake ass happiness, <laughs> and your pee is going to turn toxic. Okay. Like you've just taken a ton
0: of B vitamins
2: because that would make you aggressively happy, maybe. Okay. I, I
0: wouldn't yeah. know. Yeah. Never happened to me. Okay. Speaking of at the world of Hunter Lewis, a lot of you listeners mentioned tennis balls, of course. But both Hunter and Tara at PickleDog underscore art mentioned specifically the fuzzy feeling and chemical smell found after cracking open a fresh can. <laughs> <laughs> but tennis has been around way before the invention of fluorescent dyes, actually back in the 1800s, where they would use either black or white tennis balls, okay. which was all fine and good until color television became more available to the public. And suddenly the color upgrade actually meant that folks at home would have a really hard time following where the ball was. Literally, you <laughs> would get lost in the image of the crowd the or blinding the blinding
2: reflection of the queen's pale skin. Anyway, go on. <laughs>
0: I was going to say also the white tennis court. Yeah, all right. So eventually in the early 70s, the International Tennis Federation gave in and approved the fluorescent color called Optic Yellow for all televised tennis So balls. your
2: optics can see it.
0: However, the most famous tennis sporting event location, Wimbledon, held out until 1986. They <laughs> like to, their white balls.
2: Yeah, they're trying to catch on with those hip 80s kids and their, their complicated neon shoes. They're a little late, though. And we have another story slash poem,
0: this time courtesy of St. Henry. I dip my tips into fluorescent yellow, and my mouth waters sour air like lemons, rakes my taste buds like hornet stings, bundled on my tongue like corn kernels, and with a flicker, I pucker. Question number two. Outside of art, do you associate this color with any memories?
2: Stephanie, do you want to lead us off this time? Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. An early memory for me is being at Food for Less. You know, your typical SoCal grocery chain. The uh, pizza Patron close by. Always, no, always, I didn't always. go to that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as a kid, uh, I looked down at the ground a lot, okay. which is where I first noticed shoes. Which uh, was an okay. early, Makes sense. early sign of a problem yep. for me. Uh, <laughs> so on one of these grocery trips with my mom, instead of being helpful because I wander off. Yeah, I can't tell you how still, many yeah, times I got still- lost.
2: Wander off all the time.
0: You know, I don't talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> I I noticed some tennis balls on this old lady's walker, mm. and I thought... <laughs> Slowly somebody, walking across the court in Wimbledon. No. Excuse me, what? Naomi. Someone better tell this lady that she has a ball stuck her walker. <laughs> out. embarrassing. Or she just loved tennis so much, she had to steal a ball and take it home with her. Yeah. But also, she, like, ruined the balls. Yeah. She had to cut it open yeah. and put her walker. Anyway... It also reminds me of construction workers and getting catcalled by them. It used to trigger me, okay, the catcalling, but also the uh, fluorescent yellow. But not anymore because now I'm stronger than yesterday because I, I love this color now, okay? Yeah. I've overcome it. It's so one you of my favorites. So
2: if we had met when I was in school... No, I would have avoided
0: you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think- well,
2: it would have been hard because I was wearing this stupid neon shirt. <laughs>
0: Okay. Out of my periphery.
2: <laughs> so this is not exactly catcalling, but the Viridian Killer, welcome back VK, said one New Year's Eve party, my cousin and I were making fun of my aunt looking like a crossing guard <laughs> <laughs> because she had a bright fluorescent green hoodie on. <laughs> you know, maybe her New Year's resolution was to finally get that crossing guard job that she'd wanted oh for my years. God. You know, she's like pumping herself up. She's like, I'm going to get it this year. Oh my God. <laughs> This kind of chaos is much needed in our society. You're contributing.
0: Speaking of dressing up in costume, not that your not that your aunt was dressing up as a crossing guard or anything, <laughs> BK. At Ezreal's Art says, My dad was a chemist and used to work on nuclear submarines in the early 90s. For Halloween, he used a hazmat suit from his place of work for his costume. It was bright fluorescent yellow. Then my mom used some kind of glow-in-the-dark substance to make his skin glow. Uranium daddy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) basically. At Eureka underscore coffee was on her game with these answers. Quote, it reminds me of the Santa Cruz cruise beach boardwalk in the 80s slash 90s, there were a lot of dark rides where they heavily utilized fluorescent paints, including the back in time caveman ride. We looked into this ride recently renovated to its former glory. And it is a day glow (laughs) bootleg baby from dinosaurs acid trip. God damn. Fluorescent drumsticks? Yeah. I need to go here. This is amazing.
0: This shit is trippy. And listeners, keep in mind that Russell has never been to an amusement park. He's never been to Disneyland. This would mean a lot to him. Yeah.
2: And we did put the link of an HD video on our website. Someone's video we found. Yeah. (laughs)
0: At Fiosh, 98 described a scene which made me laugh. I saw a fluorescent caution sign perfectly in the center of a reflective window. And because I was laughing, I couldn't steady my camera and accidentally took an extremely (laughs) overexposed picture. The photo came out almost completely white, hazy. And in the center, a very faint fluorescent yellow caution sign, (laughs) (laughs) quote. Those
2: unexpected moments are exactly what feels work sometimes, though. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why it's important not to, you know, just be nose down in your phone or or analog book
0: <laughs>
2: all, <laughs> all the time. Like, you need to articulate your experience with the world around you because it is full of surprises. And those surprises can show up in your art later.
0: And no shade to TikTok or, I don't know, like, Evelyn Dickinson. <laughs> um, but these are experiences that you'll never experience otherwise. Both John from Osmanthus Stop Press and Brooke say they're reminded of long- Cross country trips. For Brooke, it's driving through tourist trappy towns and staring at all the Gleon. Mm. Gleon.
2: Gleon. Love Gleon. <laughs>
0: All of the glowing neon signs at night. For John, it's a different type of glow. Mm. "Quote: The canola seed fields stick out as memory touchstones from a bus trip across the northwest Hunan province."
2: Mm. Hunan province has those hills and sandstone pillars slash peaks that you uh you see often in traditional Chinese scroll paintings or Avatar. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful.
0: They look like they're not of this world. <laughs> And those canola fields,
2: they really glow when the light hits them. (laughs) They really do. I
0: want to go there. Let's go there.
2: Listeners, we have another poem slash story. This time, courtesy of Amanda. Abrasive in daylight, but under the influence. With black light, softer and more complex.
0: Question number three. Does it remind you of any artworks? packaging, pop cultural items.
2: Ben recalls, quote, tearing off the plastic wrapper on factory records, LPs, and carefully sliding the vinyl out of a yellow and black sleeve so harsh it almost hurts the eyes, which <laughs> <laughs> that was probably designed by the legendary uh, Peter Saville. I can't say without the accent, sorry, who has influenced uh, just a multitude of designers. You know, the uh, Joy Division shirt you love, Stephanie? Yeah. That's him. Oh. Yeah. His work uses, a well, despite the Joy Division t-shirt, his work uses a a lot of bright eye-catching colors and patterns that are kind of a little bit chaotic and honestly, he is like a little bit more of an interesting soul of wit, if that makes sense. (laughs)
0: Ouchies.
2: I mean, they aren't on walls. He's not selling the instructions to make them. They're in packaging, uh, on posters, all that sort of stuff, but the general appearance is sometimes similar, but he is way less static, way more colorful, (laughs) way more interesting to look at, in my opinion.
0: Well, way more edgy, especially for graphic design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unanimous, mentioned the seven magic mountains Uh. outside of Las Vegas by Ugo Rondinone. (laughs) Love those. Rotem mentioned contemporary painter Haley Josephs who mixes in fluorescent paints
2: into her surreal oil paintings. Wasn't familiar with her work. She is dabbling with figurative illustration, Mm. uh, painterly figurative illustration like Carrie James Marshall or Neil Roush, but with like a trashy Lisa Frank palette. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that as a compliment.
0: At Fiosh 98 mentioned that she always thinks of photos with long exposures Mm. and trying to capture that light.
2: I have always thought of that as sort of a movement history of that light Mm. sort of like a trailing footprint so that's interesting. Yeah, And speaking of uh, (laughs) I guess of a trailing footprint John mentioned Kelty Ferris who makes paintings that look like a distant city Mm. with out of focus fluorescent lights in the backgrounds. It also kind of looks like dusty old electric Moroccan rugs if that makes any sense (laughs) at all. That's how I I would describe it. (laughs) So, fluorescent Moroccan rugs lit, but with a bunch of dust on them.
0: That's a very specific <laughs> image, and I really like it. I'm into it. At Ezreal's art it was smart to point out Basquiat, who used UV reactive black light crayons in his paintings. So oh, cool, cool, invisible cool, cool. to us yeah. without that UV light shining on them. So his motifs are hidden in some of his paintings. Okay. And of course, the answer we saw the most frequently, apart from one grocery store lurker, <laughs> Andy Warhol, was Dan Flavin, who is most well known for using industrial Fluorescent lights in his sculptures and installations, and we love us some Dan Flavin around we do, here. We do, we <laughs> do, da,
2: we Dan, Dan, right?
0: But there were other artists, believe it or not, who used fluorescent light and paint in the '60s and '70s. Say it ain't so, Steph. It is. It is. Greek-born artist Laura Grisi ran in the same circles as fluorescent art canon giants like Dan Flavin and Frank Stella, but art history seems to have uh, overlooked her.
2: <laughs> you can thank the uh, the art history brain trust. <laughs>
0: Yeah. In the 60s, she was also using fluorescent lighting and day glow paint, but her work had meaning way beyond just the beauty of those materials.
2: And unlike Frank Stella's work, and I'm not sure it's fair to say the same for Dan Flavins. I don't think he's like this. These are not a one way street. (laughs) Instead of just looking at her work, you quickly find your place within them because you've been to these places before. You've seen these places before, just not in this way. She
0: shares a lot with daddy. Oh, my God. Daddy de You said daddy DeCarico. No, No, <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Okay. Real talk. <laughs> She shares a lot with Dekirko. yes. in that way, fluorescent blades of grass, neon sunsets locked behind glass, blurry television sets, clubs that you can catch a glimpse of as you walk by them. It's a beautiful, bright world, but you also feel detached. She was just so aware of how every space we inhabit has been designed for us to behave or feel a certain way.
2: <laughs> that gives me the uh the the ennui as we say Stephanie. <laughs> like you've had a good career you live in a beautiful condo, but you just live day in and day out in these structures of productivity. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a playground for you to live out your life in. Right. It gives me serious ennui. I see. <laughs> serious ennui. I see that. Yeah. Um,
0: but I also think that there is some positivity to her work okay. because you're in the position of someone who has realized this and is choosing to open the window. Speaking of fluorescence and its ability to excite you, to electrify you, but to also give you that uh, ennui you mentioned (laughs) earlier and maybe a migraine.
2: (laughs) So Laura Greasy's work made me think of Peter Halley. A quick look at Peter Halley's work and you might think we live in a reality where Joseph Albers wandered into the Dayglo factory, refused to leave, locked himself (laughs) in there, and then they had to send in a whole team of people to kind of lure him out. You know, (laughs) anyway.
0: Yeah, this work is aggressively It's it's bright, like many of you. Pointed out, listeners, that dayglow brightness can take an eerie turn. Like these, start to remind you of shopping centers and giant for sale. Low signs. interest rates.
2: We finance here. Bag of uh, snacks. Two ninety nine. Free
0: puppy with your purchase. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry.
2: On the surface, these are clusters of bright geometric shapes. Like, when I first saw them, I thought this guy was just an extraordinary colorist. Mm -hmm. But then then you notice he's using popcorn ceiling texture throughout Mm. the work, which is used to prevent echoes in housing. Okay, weird choice, right? Not the weirdest choice for contemporary artwork, but we'll keep looking. Oh, we're in little rooms. Yeah, these are little rooms. Then the claustrophobia kicks in, Stephanie. And these groupings of geometric shapes start to look like suburban developments, Mm. microchips, stacked content. stacked prison cells, too. I mean, clearly these are jail bars, right? Let me look at these. And there is this anxiety of either being watched or watching a world entrapped within these playful colors. Technology and surveillance. Gotta love it. So I said I was a fluoresophiliac? Yeah. Okay. And I stand by that, Stephanie. Actually, Stephanie, ask me what my favorite fluorescent is.
0: Russell. What is your favorite fluorescent?
2: It is when there is a fluorescent sign. Okay. And it is weathered with time. Mm -hmm. And it's so faded and brittle that pieces have fallen off. Oh. You know, and Whoa. you just get that—you get that like faded highlighter underglow. Oh, there's just a little bit of an echo there still. Ooh. Yeah. Oh,
0: I yeah. like that yeah. fluorescent echo. Fluorescent echo. Hell yeah, that's my band. Name. Love it. Don't,
2: stay, don't take it, listeners. You can't have it. It's mine.
0: Patent that shit, as we say here, <laughs> as we say around these parts. Patent that shit. <laughs> so you have not been swayed to
2: Emily's view on fluorescent color. No, I have not, not kay. yet. Uh, but I have seen the dark side of this material, and Emily Ann is right. It is so obviously a facade, right? right. It Was made in a lab. (laughs) Yeah. And I go back to being 17 and four hours and one energy drink, maybe two energy drinks, into my overnight stalker shift in Walmart in the middle of like swamp ass Missouri. You know, you're tired. There's a literal ceiling sky above you, yes. a sky of like 6K Kelvin fluorescent bulbs glowing up these fluorescent, I, I don't know, like windshield wiper fluid packages. It's oppressive. And your coworkers are bumming cigarettes and asking for a ride home at the end of the night. So part of fluorescence appeal to me is that it is this stunning art tool, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a very unique tool that you can utilize in so many different ways. But it's also this reminder that we're all cogs in a greater society of just rel- relentless consumption
0: right but also that we need to get out of that cogery, yeah and because it has that transcendent cog. side of it too right yes <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've left two of the most interesting answers for last. At Bebop's Bubble Bath says, Portrait of Adele Blockbauer, one, <laughs> a.k.a. Gustav Klims the golden lady. Okay, And a person who left their name blank said, Van Gogh's famous sunflower and cafe terrace at night paintings and paintings of Jesus always <laughs> have a fluorescent yellow glow or halo.
2: Both of these are luminescent before fluorescent existed, right? For Gustav, it's the patterning and material that maybe doesn't draw your attention 70% faster than other colors, but it certainly has that immersive glow, oh right? Oh my God,
0: yes, yes. And it's the same for Jesus. But <laughs> when you look at him, the halo radiance is like a gilt zap.
2: Zap. <laughs> and for Van Gogh, for using nothing fluorescent, nothing glittery like gold leaf, he gets so hyper-detailed and crisp and bluish at times with his paint that it feels like he's actually painting under fluorescent lights. Like he was just seeing things so differently.
0: He was ahead of his time and sciences.
2: Okay, listeners, here's another poem slash story. This time, courtesy of the Viridian Killer. Oh, fluorescent yellow, how I ignored you all these years, not knowing your chromatic importance, how I wished I wore you more, expanding my wardrobe, color palettes, you right now stare at me in the planet fitness sign. (laughs) That's
0: good, thanks. And then they said, I didn't edit this, by the way, it's important to note. Question number four. What would you spray paint entirely in fluorescent yellow? Stephanie, how about you lead us off here? Our windowless bathroom. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. It's very small and it's kind of wonko because it's...
2: (laughs) Well, okay. So we were very lucky to find a place at all that some property investment bro hadn't claimed for themselves yet. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. Put their like uh, Under Armour, Ed Hardy jean polo flag in. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Fuck those guys.
0: Seriously, um, but if I were to spray paint that nasty closet-sized bathroom, I might look forward to going in there. I dread it otherwise. Yeah.
2: But <laughs> it's got to be like high gloss, though. I think like an infinite, reflective, fluorescent funhouse. I don't
0: need to see myself on the can, though. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean,
2: you, but you, it wouldn't be you, but it would be you. you know I mean? yeah, it would be I you don't. from another dimension. You in the fluorescent
0: dimension. I don't want to meet anybody. I just want to get in there and not hate it. That Spicy
2: Witch Soup says they would do their ceiling. Yes, paint. yes, paint your fucking ceiling. That's not Oh, it's amazing do it and yes. your jewelry your handmade jewelry <gasps> yes yes
0: yes i agree that yeah, would totally. be so rad it would
2: be super rad do it do it silicone fluorescent variations of your jewelry <laughs> that's what we, we demand it nicely <laughs> viridian killer says my dark black viridian killing soul
0: <laughs> yes
2: okay. she didn't say the viridian killing uh, i improvised
0: i feel that viridian killer i feel it Eureka underscore coffee says my wedding dress, my hair, Ooh. my nails. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. I say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, stealing that. Um, for our wedding, I made a Mylar bouquet. But if we ever have that wedding party that we put uh, yeah. off because of COVID, there's definitely going to be some fluorescent <laughs> yellow action happening.
2: Yeah. No, I'm down. As long as
0: I don't have to wear a fluorescent suit. We're going to give you fluorescent yellow frosted tips. Okay. Okay. Just for me. Okay. For one day. will shave your head the next day. It's fine. <laughs> Speaking of fluorescent yellow accents, Amanda took it further and said Roman column accent pieces, a mirror frame, a heel of a platform boot. Yes, I will definitely be doing the heel thing. Love that. Some of you want to do the whole ass object, all of it. St. Henry said a banana. <laughs> <laughs> and at Fiosch 98, a spray paint can. Oh, I love that. Yeah, snake eating tail spray paint can
2: spraying itself with the infinite cycle of birth, life, death. Love it. Yes. Love it. Yes. Love a- it. At-
0: love it. <laughs> At mermaid queen underscore underscore simply said a car.
2: Okay. And then. Hope the windshield is included.
0: I would think so. Yeah. And then at Madison's dot notebook up the ante and said that she would spray paint my dad's car as a prank because he hates Hmm. yellow. I love it. You all (laughs) are doing crimes. I'm for it. Emily Ann. Oh, she's back. Would make an exception for fluorescent yellows use. Okay. Quote, if I had an enemy, I would spray paint their entire car for revenge. (laughs) Okay, so <laughs> you know you know someone has seriously wronged Emily Ann because remember if she's gonna push that rage down, it creates rage from the depths of yeah. her soul. Gray said she would spray paint a whole yes. tennis court would make yes. the game much yes. more difficult. Yes. Yes, yes. Make- this is the best answer, yes. <laughs> Brooke says she would spray paint my fourth grade teacher's classroom. She was obsessed <laughs> with smiley faces and hung up pictures of them oh, everywhere. No. So I think the color would emphasize the nightmare uh, fuel. Damn. That's like the
2: uh, Dayglow re-education camp we were talking about. Oh my
0: god! Ben C says he would spray paint tree stumps in an empty oh, field yes. somewhere. Like you just find them when you're out hiking? I guess so. Oh my God, that's perfect. I love that. Ben, go yeah, yeah. apply for a grant somewhere. Have someone pay you. You don't even go. need a grant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I need one grant for one gallon of day paint. We'll find you a grant, Ben, if you if you want to do that. We'll be your grant writers.
0: When you do that, Ben, because I think you're going to do that. Please take a picture and then send and it give, to us.
2: Yeah, give us the geo coordinates. So I need that find to be it. framed. Yeah. Also, yes, we're going to find it. Make it kind of hard, though.
0: <laughs> Wait, like, like a treasure a, map. Yeah, like it's a treasure Yeah, yeah. find the tree stumps. <laughs>
2: And last but not least, listeners, we have one more fluorescent yellow final story slash poem by John from
0: Osmanthus.press.
2: We had no idea how to read this poem, so (laughs) we actually reached out to John to read it for us, and it's great.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm at a poetry reading event. Yeah, we're all
2: snapping our fingers. Yeah. (laughs) No, don't do that. Uh, If poetry is not your jam, seriously, give this a chance. It really builds to a frenzy, so hang in there, and then we will see you on the other side of the poem.
0: On the other side.
1: All flash, no substance, dissolve in darkness, no eye stands in sunlight, shining in dull tiny capsules, eating their reflection, silhouetted in the mirror, come on with the fluorescence, echoes pierce the light, the dead part in everything, Just as much as a 110.01 decibel sound machine. Just as much tiny capsules, silhouetted in evanescence, stands in sunlight, echoes, pierce just as much. Come on with the fluorescence as a 110.01 decibel sound machine. Where. Larry Bird, tiny capsules Shining and dull as Larry Bird Lookalikes Standing outside a pizza buffet Reflection silhouetted in the mirror Decompositions Feathers the tufts as Bird slam dunks Yeast dissolving in cola Motes of function filament in the game room The dead part of the quarter Dissolves everything in darkness everything darkness dissolve the shining the dead everything part tiny capsules discs this sound machine looks like look like court quarter dissolving everyone's 15 minutes fifteen. 15 minutes of ye- yeast functions rise, thought bubbles trapped in the cola glass, stands in e- e- evanescent, starkness dissolve, capsules like a look, like, look, look, like look, 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 tiny minutes, functions fluorescence trapped uh look like uh like glass 15 minutes thought glass like look like birds trapped dissolving feathers fluorescence in some scene dreamy creamy holocene zone d dissolving evanescent prepubescent nascent larry bird the pizza chef. thought trapped bubbles yeast infections bubbles trapped thought infections dabbling nascent Larry, Nason, Larry, kitchen, sink, trap, like. Bubbles like someone drank fluorine. Fourteen minutes, tiny for a time. Dissolve, stand, flash, stand. Darkness, dissolve, distance. Dank, dabbling, scent, dreamy, creamy. Kitchen, sinky, trapped. Dabbling in soft drinks. Opening a briefcase. Larry Bird pulls out a basketball. Scent, scene, dreamy, creamy in a scene. Trapped like drinking fluorine. Fifteen. Times a minute, trapped bubbles. Thought nascent. Larry Bird, the pizza chef, thought trap, yeast infection rise. Dabbling in soft kitchen sinks, trapped tap water like someone put too much fluorine. Fifteen minutes for a time. Bird always said for a since all flash, no substance.
0: Well, listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this third installment of this low color mini series within a podcast series. I guess we're going to keep making these. <laughs> I it <guess>. seems <laughs> like a lot of you are enjoying them, and it's a nice breather from the giant research yeah. and editing monsters that Good our normal God. episodes have become.
2: Yes, and a listener wrote <laughs> in with some excellent color suggestions to be entered into the quote color raffle, yeah. which we didn't have, but we we're now stealing we're stealing it because great our. Uh, <laughs> podcast steal yeah lesser art uh, art cast art cast (laughs) art podcast borrow (laughs) sure so if you'd like your colors to be entered into the raffle we would love to include them you will have to answer at least some of the questions in our next color survey though because that's it's there's going to be a little segment at the end where you can put in your suggested colors anyway our next color
0: though stephanie yeah is black. black The survey will be up on this episode's website post at artslicepod.com. If we've taken it down, you've missed your window. I want to paint it black!
2: Thanks again to Rose of Loyalty Freak Music for letting us use the song I Need to Do It to Be Alive by Soft and Furious from the album Diving in the Self, which is one of hundreds of incredible songs they've made. You can pick it up for Name Your Own Price on Bandcamp. It's a great album all around. Or you can just go ahead and support Rose's mission to create queer, free music against capitalism and fascism on Patreon. We really appreciate their work because honestly, like Art Slice would not be the same without having music in it. Definitely not.
0: And listeners, we know shit is tight right now. We are feeling <laughs> that too. Oh boy. If you can, though, join our small but excellent group of folks over on Patreon. It really helps pay for everything we need to make Art Slice. It helps us budget, it helps to make our lives easier, and it helps us get these out quicker so you get mas Art Slice. Mucho mas. Even a dollar or four is super helpful. (laughs) Pero si no pueden hacer eso, we 100% understand, okay? <laughs> Pero you si pueden help out by subscribing to us on all of the things, el TikTok, el YouTube, el Instagram. Especially YouTube. We're actually starting to do stuff on
2: YouTube again. Yes. So get over there.
0: Yes, get over there now. And especialmente is sharing us with your friends and leaving us a 5-star rating on your pod player of choice, okay? That helps us get past those algorithm guys. I'm an algorithm. And inferno more. I'm judging
2: you constantly. Eyeballs. And I'm ear holes. We, judging you. We really
0: appreciate judging, it. Listeners. We appreciate you. You
2: are not hitting the correct ratio.
0: All of these things we would Where super is your dancing dog video?
2: It. Where is your goat video?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we really appreciate it. <laughs> so we uh, will see you next time, listeners, on the Art Slice Museum Division of Color Theory and Color Studies. Still don't have a sign off. Co- color me. <laughs> Color outside of the lines. Yes. Don't be afraid to color outside of the lines. Stephanie's waving goodbye. Goodbye. Color Gu- me goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Co- color us bye. bye.